Welcome to the Burn Bright Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping big-hearted, creative women battle burnout and live happy, healthy, vibrant lives. I'm Kelly, a fellow big-hearted creative, licensed therapist, and a proud, quirky millennial. Hi, everyone. Season three has just started, and we're, we're going to keep going and rolling here. Today's interview is with Farah Harris. She's going to talk about boundaries and work-life alignment. I'm so excited to have this conversation with her today. Before we dig into who Farah Harris is a little more deeper and set up our interview, I want to talk about the ways you can support this podcast. There are four ways to do this. The first way is simply to share this podcast, if it resonates with you, with your community, on your socials. Let them know this podcast exists and talk about it. The second way to support this podcast is even easier. It's just simply to subscribe. The podcast is on all major platforms. Feel free to subscribe so you can be in the know when each new episode drops. The third way to support this podcast is give it a rating. Spotify now has the ability for you to rate podcasts, as does Apple Podcasts as always. Feel free to let me know in your ratings what you think of the podcast and give it a little love. And last but not least, for the cost of a cup of coffee, you can support this podcast. I have set up a site called buymeacoffee.com slash burnbright, where if you want to become a patron of this podcast, you can, and it unlocks some features on burnout, lectures, and workshops I've done you can get access to for a really, really low price. So again, that's buymeacoffee.com slash burnbright. All right, let's get into today's episode. So let me tell you a little bit about Farah Harris and how amazing it is that she agreed to do this podcast. Farah Harris is a belonging and workplace well-being expert. She's a licensed therapist who's been doing this for 12 years and has qualifications in psych safety, neuroscience, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's a mental health practitioner and consultant who focuses on the intersection between well-being, equity, and inclusion. She's dedicated to disrupting unhealthy work environments, and to do that, she founded her company, Working Well Daily. This is a company that approaches workplace belonging and well-being from a clinical and an emotionally intelligent lens. She helps individuals at Fortune 500 companies develop healthier workplaces where employees want to stay and thrive. Today, we're going to be talking to Farah all about, like I said, work-life alignment, how to get there, how to create self-care practices that are meaningful, how we got into a world where people don't prioritize their self-care and what the consequences to that is. Again, this season, our series is a short one, but packed full of useful information to help you thrive at work. And so starting up first, we're going to talk about how to attain work-life alignment. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Farah Harris. Farah, I'm so excited to be speaking with you today and on a topic that I think so many people 
have questions about, they've heard about, they know about, they have no clue how to do work-life alignment, and they have no clue how to do appropriate self-care. Like we've heard about these buzz terms, but really in practicality, how do we do that? So I'm excited to have this conversation and to talk to you about that and get your expertise on this for everyone who's listening to this podcast. But first we want to get to know you. I know you because you're a personal friend and an awesome individual, but many people do not do not know if they haven't heard of you. They will, I'm sure in a matter of months, but first we need to just know who is Farah Harris. Tell us a little bit about your background and and what you do. Hmm. Well, friend, <laughs> thank you for having <laughs> me. Um, my background. Okay, let's let's break it down a little bit. So, academically, my background is a mix of things. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree in economics and a minor in sociology, and I have another bachelor's degree in marketing and management that I got only because I actually went to school for fashion design briefly and realized my left brain was not getting fed enough. And so went on over to the marketing side. Um, And then I hold a master's in mental health counseling. Professionally, I am a belonging and workplace well-being expert. So I help workplaces and those that work within the workplaces uh, create um, better, healthier culture uh, where people can feel like they can show up authentically, people can feel like they belong. Um, And I help support some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today, which is on work-life alignment and and handling um, burnout. And then personally, I was born in Haiti and came to the States. Oh, I was about two and a half years old and then grew up on the north suburbs of Chicago. And now I'm married with three littles uh, to my best friend. And it's going on, this is year 2022, uh, 17 years of of marriage. Is that right? Am I doing the math right? Got married in 2005. Yeah. So that's, that's me. (laughs) <laughs> That's you in a tiny, but a lot going on in a short amount yeah. of time. Yeah. One of the things I love so much about this podcast and interviewing people is listening to their journeys. And I think we don't talk about enough. This is just an aside that came to mm-hmm. me about how often people zigzag in their career and how often people think it's a linear thing. Like, you know, doctors, I went to school, I wanted to be a doctor. I went, I was a chem major or a biology major. Then I went to med school. Right. Um, and yet so many people have such diverse backgrounds and it's particularly in this field, maybe it's just this type of work that you meet these people who are like creatives who also do a little bit of science, but I meet people all the time who pivot from one career path to another that seems completely unrelated. I've interviewed people who were like soldiers kicking down doors. They're now best-selling authors. I had a podiatrist who quit being a podiatrist to go teach English and now is developing an app, like just completely pivoting in careers in ways that you wouldn't think of. So it was really just interesting to me to hear that you were like going to do fashion and marketing and have this business background. And now you are, you've been a mental health professional and now work in this, this work of belonging and inclusion and all that comes with that. So I just think that's super cool. Every, I think everybody, and we don't talk enough about how like, there's no straight line to what you want to do. 
There is no straight line. I always say that um, God is the chief recycler and that there's nothing <laughs> in your life that gets wasted, that it all ends up being put together somehow. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. The things that you used back when, you know, I, I don't know what your podiatrist <laughs> does um, in what, what transferable skill that is for teaching English, but there's probably something there, you know, maybe storytelling. I don't know yeah. about clients or something. So um, yeah, I think we need to remember that there's nothing in our life that's wasted and that if we really sit back and take inventory, it all has value. Even if you are the checkout girl, you know, yeah. at, at Culver's, like it's, it, 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 it's going to come up later. I've learned so much from every job I've had. And I similarly mm-hmm. have zigzagged, zigzagged and ping ponged uh, all over the place. And there always is a line, even if it doesn't seem related, there is like that person who's a podiatrist is also an incredible podcaster. She's one of my favorite podcasts and it's just so thoughtful. And it just, the way you come to what you're meant to do and how yeah. you get there is very interesting. And a lot of it too, this brings me to my next question is anchored in burnout. I found a lot a lot of women that I have interviewed over the years, when there's a pivot in their career, there is a burnout story not far behind it, right? Where they're like, I was doing this and then I spectacularly burned out or just realized I'm not really as functional as I'd like to be. And now I do this, which restores me, which gives me what I work life alignment that gives me ability to have some kind of writing of the chaos um, in my life. And so my question for you, because I feel like this is a universal thing. I I believe more people than not have experienced burnout, maybe in different degrees, Mm -hmm. but I believe everybody has a story about it. And so I wanted to ask you in all of these different moves that you've made, that I can see how they build to who you are today. Have you ever experienced burnout? And then if that's the case, what personally for you helped you recover from it? I I think I like what you said about varying degrees, because I think sometimes we view burnout as you just all the way burnt, crispy, Cajun, you know, and it's just horrible and you're down uh, maybe with suicidal ideation and you're low and there's no hope. And that can be burnout. Um, But I I know that I've experienced it in different seasons of my life. Um, Also based off of different roles that I've had in my life. So when I think about probably my first experience of burnout, somebody else probably wouldn't even think it was, but you are the burnout specialist. So you, you would understand uh, when there's that dissatisfaction with the work that you're doing. And I was, you know, it was my first job out of college. I was a marketing analyst and um, I, I enjoyed my peers. I enjoyed my colleagues. I enjoyed my bosses. I did not enjoy the work. And I found that I would find reasons to not get to the office on time. (laughs) I would find ways to create assignments that would have me out of the office and just doing everything but my job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was, it was, yeah, the level of dissatisfaction. Uh, And that's because I was out of alignment. It wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. It was one of those places where there was a cap to your, your, um, employee life cycle. You know, I, it was the senior partners, me and the office manager. (laughs) Like I wasn't about to be a senior partner anytime soon. So it's like, where do I go from here? And so I remember that feeling of, uh, didn't know it at the time, but you know, depression, um, dissatisfaction, 
uh, feeling lazy and, and without purpose. And the job that I was so excited to have because I was a big girl now, right? I'm in my early twenties. Yeah. I'm, I'm working for this cool boutique, you know, consulting firm. And I was like, oh no, you, you're drained and you don't even feel like you're doing nothing. <laughs> like, so how are you so tired? So there's that. And then I feel definitely I've had burnout in waves in motherhood. Um, and, you know, I would say actually probably I'm in one right now, just experiencing what that's like to be a mom and a solopreneur uh, with children in various ages. Mine are, rare, you know, fairly young, 11, 7, and 3. And our three-year-old has a uh, global developmental delay. So he still doesn't um, have full speech and he can comprehend a lot, but not as much as you would want him to. And so... Um, you know, and, and we're homeschooling, you know, while I'm trying to run two businesses. So, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, it's a lot. And at the same time, it's what brings me joy. So, you know, I guess there's also that misconception that burnout is when you're doing what you don't want to do. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you get burned out doing the very thing that you enjoy doing. Um, but it's, it's I, I find what has helped me is recognizing where I'm not aligned. Uh, sometimes it is what it is and you just kind of have to gr- <laughs> grit <laughs> your teeth and just be like, just make it to the end of the week. And then there's other times where it's like, nah, there's something needs to pivot. Something has to change. Um, there's some, something needs to spark joy. I, I need my cup to be filled in a certain way. And that, that looks different, you know, for every circumstance. I don't that know if I answered the sense. second question. Yes, you did. You did okay. answer my second question. Okay. Uh, that, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I, I think one, just the fact there's two key points here. One, the belief and the, the myth that burnout only happens when you're doing what you hate, which I mm-hmm. think, I, I do think uh, a lot of burnout happens because people are doing what they hate, but it also happens when you do what you love. And mm-hmm. when, and, and part of it is like, you talked about how you recover from it is by figuring out what's misaligned, which goes really to the core of me talking about that. I feel like all betrayal, uh, all, excuse me. I feel like all burnout is a betrayal of self. Like it, it is ultimately Ooh. when we're not living yes. in alignment with what matters to us that, and all, and, and there's ways that you could do what you love and then be like, but I'm actually not taking time for myself. And I'm not setting a boundary here, even on just saying, I'm saying yes to one more thing I should be saying no to. And I mm-hmm. need to have this boundary. And I think that aligns with your concept of work-life alignment in the sense that often when things are out of, out of whack, whatever that is for you. And like you said, it's a very individual practice and an individual decision yeah. as to what that is. So that really resonates, I think. And I think it resonates with so many people. And then the other piece about burnout, not just being a workplace phenomenon, I think true, like I, I'm one of those people that's like really nerdy about burnout, obviously true, like definition of burnout that we've known that the WHO, the world health organization, it is a workplace phenomenon. Mm-hmm. However, burnout is something that happens in many areas of someone's life. And I think mm-hmm. parental burnout, caregiver burnout is a real thing and it happens. It doesn't necessarily be tied to your job. Just being a parent in 2022 uh, with all that's going on with homeschooling, with kids who have different needs, every child is different. And it just 
balancing all of that can quickly lead to burnout. So I think you've highlighted many things that people will probably very, very much relate to. And so my next question for you with alignment related to this is how do you define alignment? Like what is this, this, this striving to have this, I think people used to say balance, and I'd love to hear mm-hmm. your response to that because they say work-life balance and you say work-life alignment. Like what is work-life alignment? Like how do you even start to define that to even get there? Yeah, well, I think we we really rode that wave of balance for a while because it seemed like it made sense. But when you really think about it, everything doesn't weigh the same. So you can't balance things, right? Everything has a certain priority, uh, a certain weight. Um, and and you always kind of have to like let something go to add something here. And it's just too much. But how I define work-life alignment um, is more on how do we, and I think the next iteration I think was work-life integration, which I get, but it's still not alignment. And alignment is what, how are my values creating my boundaries to create the life that I want to live? Right. So you've, you've kind of highlighted it in in how you broke things down um, about the betrayal. Oh, that was so good. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to re-listen to this podcast. (laughs) You say that again, because that was so good. Um, But it is when we are just doing things for the sake of doing it is not how we live with purpose and on purpose. So when you have work-life alignment, it's, what are, what's important to me? And if I recognize that these things are important to me, what are the boundaries that I need to create so that these things can actually uh, be and thrive? So if I say um, I want to be a present parent or I want to have a wonderful, loving uh, uh, partnership, can I stay in the office 80 hours a week? That doesn't that doesn't match. <laughs> you know, there's there's not an alignment there. So it's you know, or I really want to have a, a healthy body. Um, I want to be uh, you know just just being able to wear certain you know because there's vanity there, no judgment you know. So it's like I want to wear these type of clothes or whatever, but yet you don't exercise or you yeah. um, um, you know you eat a certain type of way. It's, it's really taking the time to, to be critically, uh, not just critically think, but to kind of take that self audit of where and how do I want to be and live, you know? So how is my being, my doing and living all coming together? Does it make sense? Um, I think sometimes people think that your work has to be your purpose, right? Like, Oh, it's a passion Nah, sometimes work is just to pay bills, but not just to pay bills. If it funds you traveling, because traveling is important to you, then how can you find a job that does not stress you out, that you're okay with, right? It's not necessarily a passion project, but it is something that is aligned with your knowledge and your skill set that allows you to do the things that you enjoy doing, which is, you know, traveling or spending time with your family. So just really being able to ask yourself, um, kind of like the Marie Kondo, uh, does it spark joy? <laughs> you know, let me say goodbye and, and right. get rid of it. <laughs> and get rid of it. You know, so it's like, I don't think we ask ourselves enough, like, am I aligned? Does this make sense? You know, so yesterday I spent about four to five hours away from home, you know, with the pandemic, many of us have not really 
had a moment for those who are parents, I'm speaking to all the parents Absolutely. that are, are listening, there is no alone time. And especially to the mamas out there, it just seems like there's always a child, like your shadow is a child. <laughs> and um, so to leave, and I went and got an hour long massage. No, I'm sorry, a hundred minute. So like almost a two hour massage with a body scrub. And I don't usually do spa like treatments. Like that's not necessarily my go-to self-care. Oh, I do. That is yeah. my go-to as far as knows me. That is yes. the whole self-care. I, okay. Yes. Yes, oh, yeah. child. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. And I actually am planning on incorporating more of it into my life. And that's another thing. Your work-life alignment shifts. So I love how you use the word pivot. Like, Give yourself permission to go, this doesn't work for me anymore. Um, or this circumstance, this pandemic has made many of our self-care routines have to shift. You know, if you liked being outdoors um, and, and they said, you got to sit and be home, that's a problem. If you liked going to the gym, they were closed, you know. Um, but back to the parents and you had kids <laughs> doing school remote and you're like, uh, can I just finish this email without you asking for a snack? Or no, you cannot, mom. <laughs> no. Give me attention. Like, I was literally in a meeting uh, with with my coach and here comes my daughter, you know, rapping on the door going, I'm having problems with this assignment. Knew darn well I was in a meeting. I give them the whole outline of my day so they know when not to bother me. Doesn't matter. So just that moment of leaving the house and being in the car by myself allowed me to be present with myself and to fill my own cup. And so that's what it is. It's just making sure your cup is constantly filled because we're pouring out, whether it is, you know, in our roles at the workplace or our roles with our friends and our family. But what keeps us aligned is like, where is work and where is life and all of the doings in between? Where can I find this, this nice intersection that makes me feel like, yeah, I, I'm grounded. I'm flat footed. This is how I want to live. I love all of that. And it, it aligns so much with what I talk about with burnout. When I tell oh, people yeah. about like the ABCs of burnout prevention, the A is authenticity. And when I talk about authenticity, I talk about knowing yourself mm-hmm. and knowing your values and being really crystal clear on that. Because yeah. if you don't know who you are and you don't know what matters to you, then you're not going to find any kind of alignment and you're going to burn yeah. out. Like it's just, oh, you're yeah. just going to be responding and be reactive, right? That's like, it. Oh, I got to go there. I got to go here. It. I mean, I tell my clients all the time, it's not just about putting a boundary in place. Why is the boundary there in the first place? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and my clients would be like, whoa, wait. And I said, yeah, it's deep. Think, they're like, you know, that's when you deep. think about it, because you go, oh, well, I don't want to have to have this conversation yep. with this person, but why? What is the purpose? Because the more you understand why you're implementing it, the more you're going to maintain it. Because sometimes we're exactly what you said, responding and reacting. We'll put a boundary based off our emotional reaction and response yes. to something. Because we're like, I'm tired. You know, I'm, I'm right. not going to do this anymore. <laughs> Forget this. Right. F you. You know, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then we calm down. <laughs> you know, we, we eat a Snickers. You know, we, we get back to, <laughs> right? to our normal self. And then... The very thing that, you know, broke the camel's back ends up coming back because, mm-hmm. you know, we've calmed down. The other person realizes, oh, they're no longer upset. <laughs> you know, let me get back to doing what I was doing before, which is, you know, being a boundary violator in their life until they get <laughs> upset again. Mm-hmm. It's a and cycle. So it's, 
it's a cycle. So until yeah. you know firmly, I am putting this boundary because I value X, Y, and Z. And because I value X, Y, and Z, this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's going to be just- It doesn't me. happen. It doesn't and happen. And that's exactly it. Like, so the ABCs, the A is authenticity. And the reason why we start there is everything you just said. And then the B is boundaries. That being able to be boundaried only happens after you're clear on what who you are to make the boundary. Come on, now. otherwise you're just reacting. And then the the last thing, the C is the courage. Like I usually say, courage mm-hmm. and compassion, because yeah. it takes a lot of courage, particularly in the the world that we're in, where people we're chronic boundary violators. We're both chronically violating boundaries as individuals every day. Yes, our own our own our we violate own. our own selves, right? Mm-hmm. We say, "Oh, I'm not going to work past five uh, five thirty six. We're still working." So we we chronically violate boundaries, and that's rewarded in our culture, yes. um, as well as we are constantly having our boundaries violated. And so to start that process, you have to have courage. You have to have to really dig in to say, "Okay, I've established this is who I am," which you have to start there. This is who I am. This is what I value. I set this boundary. Now I have the courage to enforce it, and I have to have the compassion to acknowledge the ways I haven't and the ways that I didn't show up for myself and, and forgiving myself and the ways that I will continue to make mistakes and mm-hmm. fall back off of those things. And I think when you have all of that together, you can really attain that work-life alignment you're talking about and really avoid burnout for the most part. You know, you saying that just made me think of something. Um, so I'm currently reading Atomic Habits mm-hmm. and the book Atomic Habits. And it was something interesting he said in one of the early chapters about, you know, our identity is formed by our habits. So when you talk about yes. your authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many people who are like, well, who am I? Who am I really? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if you don't know, think about what you want to do. Yes. You think about what, what that would look like for you. Who do you want to be? And then the more you think about that, then it's like, well, what habits would that type of person implement? What boundaries will they implement? Because mm-hmm. you and I totally understand. <laughs> we, we could talk about boundaries all day. Um, you know, it is the whole understanding of where I begin and where I end. And if you're lost and confused by that based off of maybe your own trauma, because your boundaries or physical boundaries yes. have been violated, it's a little, it's more work. So mm-hmm. it's not that it's not that you can't, but it is going to be more challenging for those who have either had, you know, a lot of enmeshment, you know, within their yep. families, uh, where, you know, where, where does one start and where does the other one begin? <laughs> like, I can't tell yes. you all the same person. Um, or, you know, <laughs> you, you've had, unfortunately, some type of uh, boundary violation, whether it was your, your physical self mm-hmm. or your emotional self or some kind of abuse. Um, it, it's more of a difficult exercise, but an exercise to do nevertheless, because it's important. Yeah. And I think so many of us culturally, women particularly are not people who are, boundaries are not applauded Mm -mm. amongst women, right? It's considered Mm -mm. a failing culturally as a woman to be boundary, to say no, to say, here's my line. And I mean, a lot of that comes from the fact that people in women have experienced a lot of trauma and a lot of boundary violations in small and in bigger ways, depending on who you are in your experience. So it makes sense. And it makes so much sense as we shift to talking about Mm self-care is that in order to do those things that you just talked about, 
I, this is what I always talk about self-care last when I work with people, because it really is a meaningless, like I'm jokingly say my self-care is a massage. It is way, it's a small piece of my larger foundational self-care, but mm-hmm. people jump to massages when they don't know who they are and they haven't set a boundary. And then they wonder why they're burned out or hate their job or don't have any peace of mind. And so for you, you have a great way of defining self-care and what, what mm-hmm. that means to you. And I love hearing that. So as we kind of finish out talking about work-life alignment, which really seems to start with knowing your values, like who yes. are you, what matters? Step one, if you're looking to work on this, just start there. That's your practice. Mm-hmm. And then from there, yep. you can build the rest. But when it gets to self-care, what is self-care to you, Farah? What is not self-care? Well, okay. So my definition of self-care, which is funny because I'm like misquoted myself in another podcast. I was like, wait, I don't know if that's actually my words, <laughs> but the, the definition uh, of self-care is the intentional daily act of creating a life you don't want to run away from. And I always preface it with saying that does not mean you'll never want to run away, that there will still be times where you'd be like, get me the hell out of Dodge. But um, it, it, it can be the spa. It can be massages. It can be a manicure or a pedicure. It can be uh, getting your favorite latte. At the same time, it can be flossing your teeth to make sure that you're preventing gum disease. Yes. It can be getting all of your paperwork together for your taxes. It can be creating a budget because self-care does not mean rainbows, unicorns, sparkles, and butterflies, all of that. It is about your well-being. And I think when we think of well-being, again, we automatically shift to happiness and joy. And that difficult conversation you need to have with your friend, that's self-care. Because that avoidance <laughs> is going to negatively impact you. It's going to stress you out. So being able to have a healthy, even though difficult, conversation is going to be good for your well-being. Uh, taking time to make sure that you're resting and getting proper sleep. You know, you're drinking enough water, taking your vitamins. Like all of these things that are true for your well-being is part of self-care. So the more you're able to implement those things, the more you're going to dec- have a, a less inclination to, to leave and to, to run away. So um, like I said, I am in the midst of experiencing, you know, burnout in my roles of, of, of mother and, and solopreneur. So yeah, I went away, but every single day, I'm not waiting for that day. When can I go to the spa? You exactly. Because then every day would be absolutely miserable. I have to do something every single day. So it's going, oh man, I need a good laugh. You know, let me watch an episode of Martin, you know, just so that I can, I can spark joy in that way. Or there are moments where, you know, my husband comes home and I'm like, I need a good hug, you know, and just getting that, that, that dopamine from, from, you know, my boo and just like, okay, that's good. Uh, I've gotten back to reading, which I'm so happy about. And so I've just been diving into really good fictional novels and, you have to ask yourself, what, what do you need? Oh, I'm in love with Imagine Dragons. So that has been like on constant. <laughs> so <laughs> playing my music, 
Um, and so even that drive in the car, being able to listen to my music loud, I'm one of those people. I need to feel the bass like in my Shondo. Like, <laughs> oh no, you're that person I pull up next to and I'm like, my chest is rattling, please. Well, no, not, please. not like that. Not, not in the car to that extent, but like in, when, when the home was just me, like when the kids were away at school, husband was away, I needed the music like on blast, whether it's yeah. worship music, whether it's rock, whether it's whatever. I like to feel like the music just in my body. Um, so th- those are part of my self-care things. And so I recognize if I've come to the end of the day and I've not served myself and I go, what do I need to do at least to end this day feeling like I've served myself? And if that's just a moment of quiet, if that's taking a longer shower, if that's, you know, I, I haven't read in a couple of days, let me read, whatever it is, but I can't wait for a vacation Yes. You know, especially if they start closing stuff down, <laughs> telling you right. can't leave. I can't go base it off that. I can't base it off of a spa. Not everybody has the funds to go yes. ahead and do those things. But I have to remember, like, self-care is making sure my well-being, my, you know, going to get that physical. Not not just the regular checkup. Get all of the, the blood work done. You know, all of that is us taking care of ourselves. And so that's that's what self-care is. A hundred percent. And I, I love that you, I love your definition of it because it uses the word intention, mm-hmm. which people use self-care as an afterthought or something that just is like a treat, like, Oh, it's yeah. a treat. I'm going to treat myself to a facial. And that's not intention. That's kind of like, Oh, okay, let's do this. Like, let's get a treat. And then asking yourself this question of how did I serve myself today? I think that's an excellent for people to take away a great takeaway is asking that question, how have they served themselves each day? And when you combine those two, the intention and how did I serve myself this day? I really, it really aligns with how I talk about self-care, which is it should be mm-hmm. 15 minutes or less or free and free. Like it doesn't mean it can't be expensive in five hours. Right. But when you get down to it, what actually builds a foundation is every day doing asking that question that you just said, how do I serve myself and taking 15 minutes with thoughtfulness to figure out what that is, that we make a mistake and we think it has to be something so much more than it is. And it is also not the fun, sexy things of massages and, you know, tropical vacations. It's also doing your blood work and, Mm -hmm. you know, getting your annual exam. And those are ways that you're serving yourself long-term eating, drinking water, eating a healthy meal. And I think that we, (laughs) me too, we're we're holding up our water so we can can flash to each other where we're drinking our water, but it is a matter of that. And I think more, we need a movement of more of this conversation and really being clear with like questions like that and definitions like you've provided with how to do self-care to get us where we need to be. And when we do that, self-care to me is what reinforces work-life alignment and what reinforces burnout. Like it's the thing that you do to make sure you get that accomplished. Like I've set all these goals. I'm authentic. I'm boundaried. I'm really clear on who I am, what my values are. I have my boundaries. And now I'm reinforcing that by asking myself each day, you know, how do I serve myself? And I, it does build on itself. Yeah. So that, I mean, I really, this to me is an exciting beginning conversation. We'll say as far as important people. So we'll see if we can get her back on the podcast or not. Uh, but this is like a starter conversation. 
Uh, she's giving me the side eye. It's an important conversation that we need to keep having. And I think it's an intro conversation of a larger one about really talking about all the ways that's not happening in our culture and all the ways that we're not doing that. Like we, we talk all day affirmatively about how to do, and then people come and are like, yeah, but I'm not doing it. And so it becomes about systemically and mm. structurally and culturally why we don't have work-life alignment, why we're not doing self-care. So stay tuned. I'm going to talk about it, whether FAR can be here or not, but it's something I'd like to talk with you about. Yes. Why are we yes not and, yes. and go bigger? Because we people are talking about burnout and work-life alignment from a really structural, cultural, like systemic way that people's systems betray us. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm all about that conversation. And, and really digging into what are the conflicts that stop this from happening. So more to come, Farah. Any last words before we do rapid fire? No, just amen. I want to give you a collection plate because, <laughs> oh my God, yes, yes. The systems, the culture, um, you know, I, I find it interesting how self-care and well-being looks different, you know, in other cultures yes. compared to here in the United States. And it grieves my heart. You know, again, um, one of my roles is a parent. And I just see how we don't serve parents well here um, at all. Uh, and then if you add the intersection of, of, of race and gender to it. Yeah, it just man. piles, piles, piles. Yeah. If you're differently so, abled, yeah. if you're a part of the LGBTQ plus community and all of those, just keep it going. It's like, yeah, it becomes this yeah. impossible journey. So, so I, I, I applaud you wanting us to, I don't know. I feel like we've gotten lazy in our thinking. Um, yes. <laughs> so it, it's, we need to critically think about why are things the way that they are. Uh, internally, you know, so our own self audits, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're both, you know, uh, mental health clinicians. So we understand what our clients are coming in and we'd be like, child, let's look at your life. Like, I need you to see what's happening. But then, you know, we don't also critically think about how, how we have been the stain of society on us. I'll I'll just leave it at that. The conditioning. To, yeah. to betray ourselves. We are conditioned mm-hmm. to betray ourselves. We are conditioned to not serve ourselves. Yep. So yeah, it, much more. I, I talk about burnout as an individual phenomenon because I feel like let's start with what you can make the most impact on, which is yourself. Yes. Amen. But you can't talk about that without acknowledging and having a frank conversation about the systemic ways that we promote and betray yeah. people every day as a system. So more to come on that far. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, snaps to you far as clapping. You. I'm doing snaps. Uh, I have some very serious rapid fire questions that I ask everybody. Um, so we're going to run through them. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. If you don't have an answer, you don't have an answer. I will only minorly shame you. Uh, so don't, don't feel bad. The first question is what is a quote saying or song lyric that you live by? Do it scared. Love it. Do it scared. I love that. If you could choose another career, you've had a couple, not any of the ones you've already done, another career, what would it be? I love food. So I, I would love to be paid to just go and, and I, and I know that there is a career out there where you get paid to, to, to taste food. Like be a critic, um, like just yeah. taste it, have an impression, say this is good or not. Yes. And then, you know, here's a picture of my plate. This was really yummy. Come check out this restaurant. And like 
you know, get me flown out and, and go all over the place. And yeah. Yeah. I could get with that. That sounds like a good job. That sounds like a cool career. I would take that celebrity crush. Do you have one? I don't know. I mean, I don't watch TV much. So like, I feel like whenever I do have a celebrity crush, it's because I've been exposed to something that they've done recently. So I feel like if I was to say someone who's popping up is Quinta from Abbott Elementary. And I'm just like in love with her. Just yeah, as yeah. much as I was in love with Issa, because I followed Kinta since she was doing, you know, those like BuzzFeed videos and was like, yeah. ooh, he's got money. Like, she's so cute to me. And so I'm so excited to see one, a brilliant, creative Black woman again, like taking TV and, and yeah. taking it by storm. So I would say she's, she's, destroying she's it. my celebrity. Oh, I can't even talk. Celebrity crush. Yeah. yeah, I just started watching Abbott Elementary. Um, and it's great. Oh, it's so, I really so like it's so adorable. Yes. It's well done. And yeah, she is dominating. That show is is crazy popular. It, it's oh, surpassing yeah. it's like Modern Family. Yes. It's done like it's surpassing all these other TV shows that have been huge hits. So yeah, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. So good for her. I was like, go, girlfriend. Yes. Okay, next one. An ideal way to spend a weekend. <laughs> without these kids. I was just going to say, no children, <laughs> children free, blasting Imagine Dragon. Oh, <laughs> it would be, it would be, yeah, it would be me and my husband. Ideally, I'm in the Midwest, so I'm looking at snow coming down right now. So it would be someplace warm um, where we could just be. It could be whether we're just going for a walk in nice weather, watching television, just without these kids. <laughs> You're like parent, parent free, Man, child free, a child, child free. free. So just a, an adult time of intentional quality time with my yes. husband. That would be a wonderful weekend. Makes sense. The yeah. advice you wish someone had given you five years ago. I don't know. Write, write more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Because right now I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had more stuff that I could be pulling from. <laughs> um, but, yeah, write, write more and, and really leverage LinkedIn. Yeah. I, I like how I'm saying, yeah, like I leverage mine. But, yeah, great advice. I'm going to take that today in 2022 for me. Kelly. Yeah, because I'm trying to do that now. And I'm like, man, what would it look like if you I succeeded? Was doing this yeah. five years? Yeah. For real. That's very true. Last but not least, what's mm-hmm. a song that gets you through a tough time? Ooh, immediately. Jonathan McReynolds, God is Good. Nice. Um, and I would say it's 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 a double header. So it's Jonathan McReynolds, God is Good, and Taren Wells, Valleys and Hills, or Hills and Valleys. I'm not exactly sure what the title is. But those two were the songs that helped me through my postpartum depression. So whenever I start dipping into a gray space, those are the songs that I hear either on repeat in my head or I'm able to play. Not blasting, but uh, <laughs> my chest shaking able- with my chest yes, shaking, yes. pulled up next to you. <laughs> that bothers me. That irks me, actually. I'm like, wow, the whole foundation of the earth. Is exactly. It's shaking because you have to let us no. know what you're listening to. No, that's too much. I need I need to make sure that it stays in my car. But um, yeah, no, those two songs keep me moving forward. Yeah. I love that. 
Farah, thank you for joining us. What do you need to plug? Where can we find you? Where can we find you? You you can find me on the interwebs at (laughs) Farah Harris LCPC on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. (laughs) I'm like, where am I? Uh, Those are my three that you'll often see me at. And then if you're wanting to learn more about my business and my company and what I do, workingwelldaily.com is the website. And you can follow me also on Twitter and Instagram um, at workingwelldaily. And uh, if you're interested in a book that I am working on right now called The Color of Emotional Intelligence, I would love to hear from you. Uh, and you can join the list. And I think we'll just put that in the, in the show notes, yeah. um, you know, for you to be able to subscribe, to be one of the first to, to get the book in your hands. And you're going to want to read it. It's going to be amazing. We should have you talk about emotional intelligence. Kelly is all up in it. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's going to be amazing. That's why I said right. it. It's like, oh, exactly. I'm, in, I'm in it. So it's going to be good. Like, let me just tell you. Hands down. <laughs> she's telling facts. <laughs> Thank you so much, Farah. I appreciate you coming and chatting with us. <laughs> Take care. You. Bye. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Farah is powerful and just a wonderful person who's so knowledgeable about work-life alignment. You can see why she's kind of a rock star out here in the world. And I hope the tips that she provided in the conversation we had help you prioritize your self-care and making sure that your life is in complete alignment. More to come on this series. We're continuing on. Next week, look forward to having a conversation with a person named Christian List. He is going to talk all about how to be an ally, how to avoid performative allyship, and his journey as a white heterosexual man to this work of prioritizing inclusion, equity, and diversity in the workplaces. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Burn Bright Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Burnbright Podcast. And you can go to letsburnbright.com for more info on self-care, mindfulness, and burnout prevention for you. You can find this podcast on all the major platforms at this point. Don't forget, now Spotify has a rate of podcast option. I'm so excited about that. As well as Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. The podcast is all over there. Please subscribe and review if you can so you can catch the show each week as we continue on. So until I talk to you next Wednesday, take care of yourself and take care of each other.